Good morning. <clears throat> so glad to have you with us today. We're in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 8, verses 1 through 11. You will find some interesting nuggets in and through this great lesson. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing you will find is that there may be some, <clears throat> excuse me, revelatory information that you might not have focused on before that I think will help you. I'm, we will try as we teach today to give you something that will help you during the week, not just today. So you can take it with you and pull it up when you need it. Let's pray. Ask for the Lord to reveal unto us what he wants us to know from his word. Speak to us personally to help us to understand. And ask God to just illuminate his word in a way that becomes real, that we might share it with others uh, as they're going through. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your peace. Oh God, we are mindful today, even as we are arrayed in our blue and yellow, in solidarity with those, uh, God, across the seas, God, in Ukraine, who are in the midst of a war they did not start, in the midst of a war that is meaningless, in the midst of a war where bloodshed and violence is a daily occurrence, we stand in solidarity with them. God, there are, there, are those, there are those there who believe in you, not just believe in God, but believe in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. We stand in solidarity with them and with those who are supporting them. God, we stand against the spirit of Antichrist, as Bishop taught on Wednesday and we'll teach again today. We stand against that spirit, God. We know, God, that these things must happen before the end. We know that, God, but we still want you to know that we have great confidence in you that the world can still be changed despite the hard hearts of men. The world can still be changed despite the evil inculcate in men. The world can still be changed despite people railing against you, God, and not knowing you. That's part of our mission is to go into all the world, teach the gospel, make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We thank you this morning, God. God, we thank you for what's going on even in our country, God. We are a divided nation and even divided within communities we are divided. <clears throat> but God, we thank you, God. We thank you that you sustained Katanji Jackson all through uh, the, the, the process, God, where people tried to attack her, God. But look how you held her up, God, because of her faith. Oh, God, we know that when we go into the lion's den, you've already been in there and calmed down the lions. Even those who are ferocious, they can't hurt us. And we thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your peace and your love, even for blessing and keeping us as we go through our daily activities, God. We thank you for life, health, and strength. Oh, God, we thank you for being our God and for being our Savior. Now, God, wash us again that we might be new. Bless us again that we might be inspired and encouraged to help somebody find you in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we finally want to ask you to bless those who are dealing with physical, mental, and spiritual issues. Oh, God, heal like only you can. Deliver like only you can. Bless like only you can. Oh, grant us peace like only you can. And we say thank you. Oh, God, we know the gas prices are high, but you are a sustainer. We know food prices are high, but you are the bread of life. We know that things are not what they should be, but we know, God, they can be fixed because of your hand. Now, God, reach down, roll up your big sleeves. Bless us in a mighty way to be sustained through this, through this process we're going through. 
We love you today. We doubt you not in the name of Jesus. Now, God, bless those who have joined us virtually. Bless those who are on their way to service. Bless Bishop Shields as he stands to deliver your word. Bless us to receive it. We love you. We praise you. Bless us this morning in our Sunday school class. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the book of <clears throat> Deuteronomy, I'm so sorry. Uh, chapter number eight, uh, verse number one through um, verse number 11. Uh, 11. Uh, Deuteronomy, as you know, uh, is a book written by Moses. Moses the prophet, Moses the pastor, Moses the priest. Now, the thing I love about God's use of Moses is that I like the fact that God can use somebody with an anger management issue. <laughs> Moses had a sustained anger management issue. And Moses also had a criminal record. Uh, he never went to prison, but he should have gone because he killed somebody. Now watch how God can take people you would never select and then make them an anointed vessel for him. Amen. There are those who look at you and your family. They would have never selected you to be the, 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 the saved person in the family, the person who will lead. But look how God can use you anyway. And what I want you to see about Moses as you study uh, his excellent words is that we can be saved, we can be used by God, but be flawed. I, I want you to, to get in your mind uh, uh, not to be so hard on Christian leaders when they fall or are falling. Amen. I'm not excusing anybody's conduct, but I'm just a asking you to have a little empathy because God can use flawed things. Yeah, uh, you learned that when you were growing up when your grandmother could take stuff that was thrown away and turn it into a quilt. Uh, stuff that we call rags, stuff that we call discardable but she could take that stuff and mold it into a quilt that kept you warm at night. That's what God does in a church. He takes all these thrown away people with their flaws and mars and knits us together and calls us a church community. And, 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 and you can learn something from everybody. So I always like Moses because he reminds me constantly that you can be flawed. I'm not trying to be flawed, but you can be flawed and still be used by God. Moses here in this book of Deuteronomy, this eighth chapter, uh, and, and, and Deuteronomy, you know, literally means second law. Uh, it was actually not a second law, but a second reading, reiteration of the law that God gave at Mount Sinai. Um, everybody, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb and Moses and Aaron, everybody, 20 years old and older, died because they disbelieved and disobeyed God. Amen. Save Joshua and Caleb. God always has a remnant. Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking nobody believes, nobody. God always has a remnant. Uh, they come out of slavery and they found themselves on the way to what God said was the promised land. And this is not the, this is the first time, but not the only time where God in scripture will call somebody from a familiar place to an unfamiliar place to bless them in the unfamiliar place. Did the same thing with Abraham, as you know, later on. But now they are here, they've escaped Pharaoh, and what they began to realize is that God gave us a command, but no plan. Mm -hmm. 
He didn't say what was going to happen when we escaped. I'm going to take you to the promised land. Now, these people have been in slavery for 30 years. They knew nothing of what was going on in the world outside of Egypt. God doesn't always have to reveal to you his full plan. What, what I want you to learn to do and me to learn to do is to trust God that the plan will work. You don't have to know everything. Sometimes you can know too much. And you get kind of what, what the old folks call you get ahead of yourself. Uh, and so God didn't give them a full plan. So you have to understand that because of that, they began to murmur and complain. Some people like discomfort more than comfort because discomfort is familiar. They would rather be slaves because it was familiar than go through the process of getting to what God has for them because it's uncomfortable. Be very careful that you give up your hopes and dreams because to get to where you want to go, it's a little uncomfortable. You got to work a little longer. You got to add another job. You got to add another uh, degree. You got to get another training class. You got to go back through some training class. You, you, it irritates you, but when God is taking you somewhere, go with the process. Amen. If God has said it to you, go with the process. They, they didn't want to do that. And so uh, uh, God had made them a promise. They got out here and they weren't in the promised land yet. But I want you to understand that when God makes a deal, it's a deal. You can ask Sarah and Abraham. Uh, they kept laughing and carrying on because they thought they were too old and not But God made a deal. They tried to help him out by going through the, through the Egyptian slash African Hagar. But God made a deal. When God makes a deal with you, that deal is sustained. It will never change. So watch this. So they get out here and, and, and they're on the precipice of going into the promised land, but not quite there yet. And Moses says, you know, before we cross over, because the whole generation of us have, has died, let me reiterate some principles, go over some things with you all so you'll remember. Um, the one thing that happened is Moses then um, decided to preach in what technically is uh, three, um, uh, somebody told me my, I'm on mute, so let me change that, sorry. What, what technically is um, the wilderness. They are still in the wilderness. They are still not quite there. They can see it, taste it, smell it, but they aren't there. So here they are, and Moses begins to recall to them things they need to know. Because a lot of people have died out, but this new group needs to hear the word afresh and anew. This new group needs to be reminded of what God says to them. Listen, as weary as you get, please don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together to hear the word. You need a reminder, a refresher, so that you can be sustained. Amen? Amen. So, let's go to um, Deuteronomy 8 and begin at verse number 1. Moses is now in the middle of this. Uh, he's in the middle of his second message to God's chosen people about what God is going to do, has done, and will do. And Moses begins to, to reiterate and to teach what God is going to do for the folks. Ready? Our first verse says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land 
which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Moses says, there are some things I need to tell you, to remind you of. I've got a charge for you because there's a charge you need to keep. He said, the most important thing is for you to observe and to do God's commandments. Do what? Observe. That is, you know about them, but I also need you to do them. There are a lot of things you know that you don't do. Moses said, let me remind you that when y'all get over here and you get your little new clothes and your new hair and, and, and your new little car and your new little house, let me remind you when you get over you better observe to do what God has told you to do. Don't get over there and get, as my grandmother said, don't get over there and get so fresh that you forget what God said, the one that got you to the place. Don't get over there because you got two cars now instead of one raggedy car. Because you got three bathrooms instead of an outhouse. Because you got a, a steak instead of potted meat. Don't get over there and start acting brand new. You need to observe and do. Don't, don't, don't go to college just because you're in college. Those of you who, who are on the phone listening in, uh, sleep in on Sunday instead of going to church. When you go to church every Sunday when you're at home, college students, don't forget you're supposed to go to Bible study or have some uh, midweek Bible study. Don't forget that's because you're at college. You better what? Observe to do. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So, 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 so uh, uh, the, the Lord was looking for one thing out of his people. He asked, at this point, he's asked for no sacrifice. At this point, he's asked for no burnt offering. He's asked for no blood offering. He's asked for no money. All God wanted at this juncture was obedience. This is going to blow your mind. I know I have some theologians in here. Had the children of Israel been an obedient people, they never would have had to sacrifice. Boo! If they had just done what God said, they never would have had to engage in the sacrificial elements of the Old Testament. But they didn't, and so God had to come up with a system to cover their sin. He said, I want you to observe to do. He said, because I want you to live and multiply. God promised this land to their fathers who were now, you know, going on, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, he said, but this is a new generation. They had no connection to how the folks had come through before them. They lost that connection through time. Uh, they, they didn't feel the same passion for freedom and justice like they did during the civil rights era. They lost that passion. They lost that connection because they got two cars now. They got a 401k now. So, so freedom and justice and peace and doing right, the men think because they, they living okay. He said, don't forget that it's God that got you here and you need to, to be reminded so you'll keep doing it. The other thing he said is, I want you to go in and possess the land. I don't want you to just be a, a, a tenant. This, this is not tenancy. I want you to go in and what? Possess, own it. It will be yours. You imagine people who've gone for in 30 years with no possessions of their own. Somebody tell you when to get up and when to go to bed, what to eat, when to eat. And he said, now you're going to be people, but I want you to possess it. I want you all to understand, with possession comes responsibility. Everybody who wants to, you know, sometimes people run, run out and they want to buy a house, and that's great. But please understand, you got insurance, Amen. you got taxes, Amen. you got maintenance, Amen. you got to get, keep the grass cut, Amen. 
you got to keep the windows changed. Once every 10 years, you're going to have to get a new furnace. You're going to have to get a new air conditioner. You got to get your roof checked. You just can't buy the house and lay in the middle of the floor. And thank you, Jesus, it comes with what? Responsibility. He said, I want you to possess it. They got to the new land. You, you know this story. And they, they, were, they were possessors, but they were not responsible. Has to be reminded. Let's watch this now. He says, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led these, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, oh my God, what to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Now we get an explanation. Why would you have us out here, Lord? For 40 years, watching people die over term, time. Why? He said, it's very simple. He says, this tuition you had to pay was so you could be tested because this is like a school. It takes you 40 years to get this degree. It took Moses 40 years to get his degree. Remember, he ran from Egypt. He was a fugitive from justice. He was there 40 years. God then called him to the ministry. He was a shepherd, doing well, had a good government job, working for his father-in-law. He was straight. No worries, no problems, preaching to the sheep. God said, I was training you because you got an anger management issue, which he kept till he died. Uh, uh, he said, but I need you to lead other people now. You know how to lead sheep. Now I want you to lead my people. Forty years. That's normally a generational term. The whole generation had to die. Where they... They, they were taught like, you know, Moses taught them, Aaron, Miriam. But now it was time to remember that, what they had been taught, because they were entering into their inheritance. They had to be reminded of the discipline they had experienced, which God had taken to train him for himself. You have to be disciplined in order to see progress. Uh, they walked around the same area 40 years. It was only 11 miles to where they were going. They walked around 11, 40 years in the same spot. 11 miles. Woo, where are we going to get here? When you start acting right. When all these naysayers, I got to get rid of all the taters in the group. I got to get rid of the agitators. I got to get rid of the spectators. I got to get rid of the, 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 the instigators. When I get rid of all these taters, then I can take you into the promised land. He said, because I, I wanted to, 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 to humble you. Uh, uh, I, I want you to to, to, to know that I'm God, that when you get over here, it was me that did it. Because you might think if I keep some of these other people around, you might think they were the leaders. You might think that you got here because of them. He says, because of me. Then he said, uh, I want to prove or test you like, like having with Brother Job. I, I, I don't mind testing people who I know are going to pass the test. When the teacher hands out the exam, at the end of the quarter, the end of the semester, the, 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 the teacher has an expectation that everybody will get an A because the material has been taught. It's rare that a teacher puts something on the test that the teacher hasn't taught in the class. That's rare, right? And so the expectation is everybody's got the same material. Everybody ought to make an A. Everybody ought to make an A. Why? Some people... Don't put the time in to study the material provided. Some people aren't serious about their study, and some people don't care what grade they get. 
Look around your church, look around your family, all kind of students like that in your family. Some people want to excel. Some people are happy to be a C student. Some people, they can give them a D, give them an F, give them an F minus. They don't care. He said, we, we can't do that. He said, I, I had to, I had to, y'all need to be trained up because there's going to come a time when you're going to need this discipline because some other tests are coming in the promised land. You're not going to just get to get over there and cross your legs and drink sweet tea on the porch. They still got porches? Yeah. He, he said, this, that tests are coming and you got to have some, 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 some background and some backbone. He said, uh, I tested you just as your parents were tested by the trees of the garden to see whether they would keep his commandments or not. Now, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They had an open book test. They failed. God said, I'm going to give you a test. I'm going to give you the answer to the test. All right. Here's a test. The tree in the midst of the garden is for life. You can have any tree in the garden, not that one. Let me go over that again. The tree in the midst of the garden, life forevermore. You can eat all the other trees. Don't eat that one. Now I'm going to go out of the room while y'all take the test. I'm not going to leave a proctor. I'm just going to go out of the room. Y'all take the test. Everybody ready? Pencils down. All right, I'm leaving the room. Take the test. God gone for three minutes. We ain't got but two students. And both cheat. Adam cheats and Eve cheats off his paper. Right? Both people get an F. Right? And lie about it. God shows up and says, I don't understand these papers. How both of y'all get an F? Adam said, That God, you gave me, Eve said, It was the devil. Testing, testing is not designed for you to fail. Listen, people of God, because this is going to bless you. Here's how you know the difference between what is a test of God. God's tests are designed for you to pass. Only Satan's tests are designed for you to fail. God never gives you a test you can't pass. That ain't God. James said, don't say when you're tested that you're tested of God by evil because God doesn't test any man with evil. So quit telling people when you go through sickness and disease, well, God put this on me. So no, 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 no. God only tests you when he knows you can pass. And, and tests you so you'll be an example to others. Let's go a little further. We got a lot to cover. Y'all slowing me up. Verse 3. This verse says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. Watch this. And fed thee with manna. Watch the sequence. Which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, or only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Now, I may, I may drop anchor here, and I may not be able to get out of this verse, but I'm, if I don't, some of y'all throw a shoe at me or something. Because there's so much in this verse. Okay. <clears throat> he says, uh, uh, you, you, you're being fed out here with manna. I, I gave you sustenance and it wasn't something that you had anything to do with. 
Why is it so incredible that God fed them with manna, which is a bread-like substance? Watch this. So, uh, anytime God is going to bless you, uh, anytime God is going to do something unusual and great in your life, uh, I like to say it like this, God basically has to break the law. So I help you here. So God breaks the law of physics when he walks on water. He breaks the law of biology by being born through a virgin. He breaks the law of thermodynamics by ascending into heaven without any kind of natural propulsion. He breaks the law of mathematics, multiplication and division when it takes two fish, five loaves of bread, and feeds 5,000. Whenever he wants to get something to you, he has to break the law. Breaks the law of pharmacy when he puts medicine in the hem of his garment, not at CVS. What I'm trying to get you to understand is, don't look for God's blessing in natural circumstances. God will break the law to bless you. Break that down a little more elsewhere. Okay. If somebody gets sick in here right now, God forbid, Miss Gracie calls 911 and the ambulance is coming. When the ambulance gets to the red light, what do they do? They don't stop. Why? Because they're coming to see about you. See that God, God, no, no, no stop sign, no, 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 no traffic light, no yield sign, no other traffic can stop. He got to break the law. It's, it's against the law to run a traffic light unless you are in an emergency vehicle. It is against the law for you to get blessed based on how you grew up, based on the money you have, based on what you know. But when God is coming to see about you, he'll break the law to get you what you need. Preach well. I'm sorry. This Sunday school, this ain't preaching. In mean, Sunday school, y'all quit doing that kind of stuff. Okay. okay. He said, ah, this manna, this, 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 what is it in the Greek? Ah, bread goes through a process. You, you can't get bread like you get fruit, Pastor Robert. You want to eat fruit, you go to the tree, you pull the fruit, you eat the fruit, not bread. Bread has to go through a process. You got to get the raw substance, wheat, flour. You got to knead it. You got to add something to it to make it rise or not rise. Manna, God was trying to tell them, I don't need any substance to give you substance. See, I didn't need a man to make a man. I took dirt and made a man. <laughs> then I took man and made woman. Then I took man and woman and made all men. Don't tell me about cloning. If you're going to do cloning, get your own dirt. Don't start with a man and get it to a man. That's easy. God said, I had to break the law to get bread to y'all because there are no ovens in the desert. You can't make bre bread. You have to have, uh, have an oven unless you got yeast. It's a natural bread. They had no yeast in the, in the desert. God said, this manna I'm giving you, I had to break all the laws of physics, all the laws of nature, because I needed to bless my people. When they were in desperate circumstances, I had to get something that only I can make. Then you see Jesus in this because Jesus is the bread of life. He is that manna which came down from heaven. None like him. There'll never be another Jesus. Uh, listen, 
I don't care who gets on TBN and acts like they're Jesus. There will never be another Jesus. He's from the Father, of the Father, for us. This manna is, 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 is both uh, 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 natural and unnatural. The, the lovely thing I found about the manna as I was studying this is that the manna uh, never touched the ground. The manna rested on the dew of the grass. God is so sweet. When he's feeding you, he don't even want to think dirty to get on his blessing. They're in the desert. They don't have a table. They don't have a plate. God let the manna rest on the dew till they gathered it. God, God is so awesome in his ability to bless you where you don't think he can see you. That's what blows your mind. Uh, we, we get stuff sometimes and we get, so, it's so, we get so used to it. We don't even say thank you. Uh, th those of us who still get a paycheck, you know, they, they wired into your account. Used to be years ago, they give you a check and you run down to the bank, put it in there, and stand there, hope they take it. Right? Now, at 1201, on the 15th and 3rd, your money goes right into your account. That's the miracle of God. You don't have to worry about whether your boss is broke or not because you'll know at 1202. Because <laughs> right? some of y'all, well, not, not a hope well, but other churches, y'all check that thing, don't you? Yeah, I do. Because I appreciate what God is doing. Folk are obligated to pay you. They're supposed to pay you. But I know some people who were waiting on checks and they never came. And, and got lied to and said, we sent the wire. You didn't get it. You know doggone well I didn't get it. But watch how God does. So God says, but, but people of God... I don't need outside natural forces to bless you. I don't need you to, to worry about somebody who's treating you badly to bless you. I don't need you to be scared of your boss, your supervisor, your straw boss. I can bless you despite of anything, any scheme, any device they come up with. I can bless you. God blessed Adam and Eve in the devil's face because the devil thought he had done something great. He, he, you know, he said, God's not going to kill y'all. And God let the devil have to watch Adam and Eve live into their 900s while he stood by. He thought they were going to drop dead and that would be it. But because of, because of Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelium, where God said the seed of the woman going to bruise your head, he had to let them live. And I want devil, I want you to stand here and watch as I make them produce other people. Even if you kill Adam and Eve, I had some other people, and they're coming behind them, and one of the people coming behind them is named Jesus the Christ. This God made bread is great. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I want to tell y'all something. I know some of you all in here or, or have been to some of the finest restaurants in Atlanta. Right? Those, those, those high-class French restaurants, Red Lobster. You know, those, I know you've been... But I'm telling you, the best meal you will ever eat is the Lord's Supper. Amen. The best food you will ever put in your mouth is the Lord's Supper. Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. That bread 
that, sim that symbolic bread, that's Jesus. That's Jesus in Deuteronomy. He's in every book of the Bible, but Jesus is that manna that came down. He, and then he says it himself. He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. The last thing he did, the last thing he shared with his disciples before he left was the bread. And notice this, because you'll, you'll see this in your own lives, and I'm, I'm moving on. I have to, I'm going to have to summarize the rest of this. But even when God breaks you, see, even when he breaks you, do you notice something? Even when he breaks you, you're still in his hand. See, even though you get broken sometimes, as long as you're in his hand, you're still blessed. Because he can take broken pieces and put them back together again. You can't even see where I was broken. There's some people in here who are broken, who are marred. You can't see it. You can't see the scar. You know why? Because God, when he stitches, he leaves no scar. He leaves no keloid. You can't tell what I've been through because God knows how to put me back together perfectly. Let's go another further. Their raiment waxed not old upon thee. Neither did thy foot swell. Thank you, Jesus. These 40 years, as <laughs> these people, these people were out here singing this, that song, these boots are made for walking. And that's just what I'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk on. How you, how you going to go 40 years and your clothes don't get old and your shoes don't wear out? And your feet don't grow. Some of these people, when they started, were children. Children's shoes aren't the same. You can't put a child's shoe on them big 14 feet like, like I got it. And, 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 but God is so miraculous. He just moves. Listen, y'all. God does not have to go outside your circumstances to bless you in your circumstances. God can come in where you are and bless. Don't be so anxious all the time. I got to move. I got to get a better house. Sometimes God can. Y'all watch that show that I'm forced to watch on, 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 on uh, HDTV where they go in and they can take an old house. and Y'all so anxious to move. Sometimes God can come in and say, let's just move a wall and rearrange. And Sometimes God can take what you've got and make it work. Your raiment didn't wear out. The fuse didn't get old. He said, thou shalt also consider in thine heart uh, why I did this. He said, because uh, 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 the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Now watch this, because we don't like this. Uh, we don't want to be chastised of the Lord. When God is chasing you, though, his rod of discipline is not designed to injure. It's designed to get you back in line. The, those of you who've been in the military, I haven't. But those of you who've been in the military know that when you go on marches, the drill sergeant is not trying to make you drop dead. He is drilling you so that, so that, in, so that in battle, that drilling becomes second nature. There's a reason why football, basketball, baseball, they spend more time practicing than they do playing. What you learn in practice is what to do under stress in the game. You can't practice during the game. The game's going on. 
You got to know when you step on the court what you're supposed to do. When there's one second left on the clock, two seconds left on the clock, you got to know what you're supposed to do. In life, when things come at you, you don't have time to be trained. Because some stuff is quick. You got to make a decision. Some stuff is fast. Some stuff is before you can blink your eye, it's some change. We, we were sitting around uh, the other morning and got a text from, from our sister-in-law that says, your brother-in-law's been shot. He was in a gunfight. You, you don't have time then to say, now what do I pray? How do I? You got to start praying and, going, and speaking in tongues right then. I'm not saying that's going he, to, he's fine, just so y'all know. But I'm just saying, you, you can't be trying to figure out, let me go to the Bible and look up a verse on here. No, you got to have that down in you like Jesus did. When Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to him, Jesus didn't say, hold on, let me get my Bible. He knew. He said, you, I don't have to turn these stones to bread. Man shall not live by bread alone. He was quoting Deuteronomy 8. So he said, I, I want to chase you. I'm testing you to make you better in a crisis. I'm testing you so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. I'm testing you so that when the enemy comes, you will know the answer to the test. I went to a, to a segregated school, and they used to put the answers in the back of the book. You, you did your little math, and you checked your answer. And somebody got smart and realized, you know what? They're not doing their work. Going, some of them are going to the back of the book and putting the answers in. And so then they start putting the answer in every other question and, then, and for the odd answers, and then the teacher would give you the even questions. This is my point. When you've been taught and you listened and you took in what you were taught, you become a better student. You don't have to cheat. You don't need the answers. You just do what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. Some of you all, some of us, God has given us, has invested so much in us, Sunday school, Bible study, preaching. You are some of the best students God has. What we don't do is we don't let people know that we know. When people call you with crisis and things, your first response ought to be, well, let's pray. Before we start worrying about going into the world to figure it out, let's see what God has to say. Because I've been tested. I know some people who've been tested in the same area as you. And here's the answer. Now watch this. He says, therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments. What a minute, like a minute. Back in one step, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 this discipline, uh, Moses says, I want you all to consider in your heart. That is, you must recognize that from your own experience, God has corrected you with fatherly love. Now, watch how God, watch the grace of God in Deuteronomy. These people um, disobeyed God, and God pronounced a sentence of death that you all got to die out. Normally you don't see grace in death. But I want to show you grace in death. You with me? They sinned, Pastor Love, and the sentence was death. But God let them die through natural causes. Look at that grace. They were able to live out their lives, meet their children, meet their grandchildren, and then die. Now he, back at Mount Sinai, he opened up the earth and swallowed up 3,000. Right. Right? right? Not this time. Even in your disobedience, God shows you grace. 
you messed up. I know you messed up. You know you messed up. God knows you messed up. But the grace of God, the blood of Jesus, is such that even in your sin, God extends you grace. That's shouting material. Because if God judged you according to your works, we all would have punched the clock a long time ago. But his love and mercy is such that even though these people were in complete disobedience, God let them live like he did Adam and Eve. Oh, we, we know, I know how it's going to end, but I wouldn't dare snatch life from you. I'm going to let you enjoy your life. That's such a beautiful picture of grace. Now go to um, um, verse 7. This verse says, For or because the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and dips, that spring out of valley and hills. He says, now watch this, y'all. I want you to see the contrast. The promised land is a land with a lot of water, brooks, fountains, and springs. Egypt is in the desert. It's hot. They got to pump water in. They've got the Nile running through the middle of it, but there are no springs in Egypt. Watch how God does it. Remember what they wanted to go back to. They said, we'd rather be back in Egypt. God had to remind them, no, 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 no. You don't want to go back to where there was not enough. You're standing here with, 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 with less than enough. I'm taking you where there's more than enough. Don't go backwards, y'all. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that through your mask. Don't go backwards. You, the, the, that, 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 that's good for you in the new land. God says, it's got all kinds of stuff. Look, look at this, verse 8 to 8. A land of wheat and barley. Wait, stop right there. What do you make out of wheat? So when you get to the new land, you don't even have to worry about manna falling out of heaven. I'm going to give you a provision. You'll never run out of bread again. It's got wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. He said, in Canaan, everything you want is there. Everything you need is there because I've made provision. God, in his discipline, had already prepared the land for the people. But he had to go through 40 years to prepare the people for the land. When you're going through, sometimes it's not because God is angry with you or trying to burden you, but he's trying to prepare you for your next blessing. When you learn how to live within your means, when God increases your means, you know how to live better. Excuse me, watch this. He said, a land wherein Thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. That's verse 9. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Verse 11. Beware that lest thou forget not beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments 
and his judgment and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Moses said, when you get there, when we get over here, don't forget. Don't get so high-minded and sedity that you, that you forget. That's why we say grace before meals. And why we say thank you after meals, because God, we thank you. Listen, even James Weldon Johnson in Lift Every Voice and Sing, the last stanza, he reminds us that. Here's what he said. God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we, 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 we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee, lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Don't ever forget to tell God, thank you for how he brought you out of darkness into the marvelous light. If you don't know how to say any kind of prayer, you know how to say thank you. Old folks say, you know how to say much obliged. Thank God for the wilderness experience because now I can truly appreciate being in the promised land. Be blessed. See you next week. Good morning. So glad to have you with us today. We're in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 8, verses 1 through 11. You will find some interesting nuggets in and through this great lesson. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing you will find is that there may be some, <clears throat> excuse me, revelatory information that you might not have focused on before that I think will help you. I'm, we will try as we teach today to give you something that will help you during the week, not just today. So you can take it with you and pull it up when you need it. Let's pray. Ask for the Lord to reveal unto us what he wants us to know from his word. Speak to us personally to help us to understand. And ask God to just illuminate his word in a way that becomes real, that we might share it with others uh, as they're going through. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your peace. Oh God, we are mindful today, even as we are arrayed in our blue and yellow, in solidarity with those, uh, God, across the seas, God, in Ukraine, who are in the midst of a war they did not start, in the midst of a war that is meaningless, in the midst of a war where bloodshed and violence is a daily occurrence, we stand in solidarity with them. God, they are, they are those, there are those there who believe in you. Not just believe in God, but believe in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. We stand in solidarity with them and with those who are supporting them. God, we stand against the spirit of Antichrist, as Bishop taught on Wednesday and will teach again today. We stand against that spirit, God. We know, God, that these things must happen before the end. We know that, God, but we still want you to know that we have great confidence in you that the world can still be changed despite the hard hearts of men. The world can still be changed despite the evil inculcate in men. The world can still be changed despite people railing against you, God, and not knowing you. That's part of our mission is to go into all the world, teach the gospel, make disciples of all men, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We thank you this morning, God. God, we thank you for what's going on even in our country, God. We are a divided nation and even divided within communities we are divided. <clears throat> but God, we thank you, God. We thank you that you sustain Katanji Jackson all through uh, the, the, the process, God, where people tried to attack her, God. But look how you held her up, God, because of her faith. Oh, God, we know that when we go into the lion's den, you've already been in there and calmed down the lions. Even those who are ferocious, they can't hurt us. And we thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your peace and your love, even for blessing and keeping us as we go through our daily activities, God. We thank you for life, health, and strength. Oh, God, we thank you for being our God and for being our Savior. Now, God, wash us again that we might be new. Bless us again that we might be inspired and encouraged to help somebody find you in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we finally want to ask you to bless those who are dealing with physical, mental, and spiritual issues. Oh, God, heal like only you can. Deliver like only you can. Bless like only you can. Oh, grant us peace like only you can. And we say thank you. Oh, God, we know the gas prices are high, but you are a sustainer. We know food prices are high, but you are the bread of life. We know that things are not what they should be, but we know, God, they can be fixed because of your hand. Now, God, reach down, roll up your big sleeves. Bless us in a mighty way to be sustained through this, through this process we're going through. We love you today. We doubt you not in the name of Jesus. Now, God, bless those who have joined us virtually. Bless those who are on their way to service. Bless Bishop Shields as he stands to deliver your word. Bless us to receive it. We love you. We praise you. Bless us this morning in our Sunday school class. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> the book of <clears throat> Deuteronomy, I'm so sorry. Uh, chapter number 8, uh, verse number 1 through um, verse number 11. Uh, 11. Uh, Deuteronomy as you know, uh, is a book written by Moses, Moses the prophet, Moses the pastor, Moses the priest. Now, the thing I love about God's use of Moses is that I like the fact that God can use somebody with an anger management issue. <laughs> Moses had a sustained anger management issue. And Moses also had a criminal record. Uh, he never went to prison, but he should have gone because he killed somebody. Right. Now watch how God can take people you would never select and then make them an anointed vessel for him. Amen. There are those who look at you and your family. They would have never selected you to be the, 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 the saved person in the family, the person who will lead. But look how God can use you anyway. And what I want you to see about Moses as you study uh, his excellent words is that we can be saved, we can be used by God, but be flawed. I, I want you to, to get in your mind uh, uh, not to be so hard on Christian leaders when they fall or are falling. Amen. I'm not excusing anybody's conduct, but I'm just a asking you to have a little empathy because God can use flawed things. Uh, you learned that when you were growing up when your grandmother could take stuff that was thrown away and turn it into a quilt. Uh, stuff that we call rags. Stuff that we call discardable. But she could take that stuff 
and molded into a quilt that kept you warm at night. That's what God does in a church. He takes all these thrown away people with their flaws and mars and knits us together and calls us a church community. And, 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 and you can learn something from everybody. So I always like Moses because he reminds me constantly that you can be flawed. I'm not trying to be flawed, but you can be flawed and still be used by God. Moses here in this book of Deuteronomy, this eighth chapter, uh, and, and, and Deuteronomy, you know, literally means second law. Uh, it was actually not a second law, but a second reading, reiteration of the law that God gave at Mount Sinai. Um, everybody, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb and Moses and Aaron, everybody, 20 years old and older, died because they disbelieved and disobeyed God. Amen. Save Joshua and Caleb. God always has a remnant. Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking nobody believes, nobody. God always has a remnant. Uh, they come out of slavery and they found themselves on the way to what God said was the promised land. And this is not the, this is the first time, but not the only time where God in scripture will call somebody from a familiar place to an unfamiliar place to bless them in the unfamiliar place. Did the same thing with Abraham, as you know, later on. But now they are here, they've escaped Pharaoh, and what they began to realize is that God gave us a command, but no plan. He didn't say what was going to happen when we escaped. I'm going to take you to the promised land. Now, these people have been in slavery for 30 years. They knew nothing of what was going on in the world outside of Egypt. God doesn't always have to reveal to you his full plan. What, what I want you to learn to do and me to learn to do is to trust God that the plan will work. You don't have to know everything. Sometimes you can know too much. And you get kind of what, what the old folks call you get ahead of yourself. Uh, and so God didn't give them a full plan. So you have to understand that because of that, they began to murmur and complain. Some people like discomfort more than comfort because discomfort is familiar. They would rather be slaves because it was familiar than go through the process of getting to what God has for them because it's uncomfortable. Be very careful that you give up your hopes and dreams because to get to where you want to go, it's a little uncomfortable. You got to work a little longer. You got to add another job. You got to add another uh, degree. You got to get another training class. You got to go back through some training class. You, you, it irritates you, but when God is taking you somewhere, go with the process. Amen. If God has said it to you, go with the process. They, they didn't want to do that. And so uh, uh, God had made them a promise. They got out here and they weren't in the promised land yet. But I want you to understand that when God makes a deal, it's a deal. You can ask Sarah and Abraham. Uh, they kept laughing and carrying on because they thought they were too old and not ready. But God made a deal. They tried to help him out by going through the, through the Egyptian slash African Hagar. But God made a deal. When God makes a deal with you, that deal is sustained. It will never change. So watch this. So they get out here and, and, and they're on the precipice of going into the promised land, but not quite there yet. And Moses says, you know, before we cross over, because the whole generation of us have, has died, let me reiterate some principles, go over some things with you all so you'll remember. Um, the one thing that happened is Moses then um, decided to preach in 
what technically is uh, three. Um, uh, somebody told me my, I'm on mute. So let me change that. Sorry. What, what technically is um, the wilderness. They are still in the wilderness. They are still not quite there. They can see it, taste it, smell it, but they aren't there. So here they are. And Moses begins to recall to them things they need to know. Because a lot of people have died out. But this new group needs to hear the word afresh and anew. This new group needs to be reminded of what God says to them. Listen, as weary as you get, please don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together to hear the word. You need a reminder, a refresher, so that you can be sustained. Amen? Amen. So, let's go to um, Deuteronomy 8 and begin at verse number 1. Moses is now in the middle of this. Uh, he's in the middle of his second message to God's chosen people about what God is going to do, has done, and will do. And Moses begins to, to reiterate and to teach what God is going to do for the folks. Ready? Our first verse says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Moses says, there are some things I need to tell you, to remind you of. I've got a charge for you because there's a charge you need to keep. He said the most important thing is for you to observe and to do God's commandments. Do what? Observe, that is you know about them, but I also need you to do them. There are a lot of things you know that you don't do. Moses said, let me remind you that when y'all get over here and you get your little new clothes and your new hair and, and, and your new little car and your new little house, they remind you when you get over, you better observe to do what God has told you to do. Don't get over there and get, as my grandma them said, don't get over there and get so fresh that you forget what God said, the one that got you to the place. Don't get over there because you got two cars now instead of one raggedy car. Because you got three bathrooms instead of an outhouse. Because you got a, a steak instead of potted meat. Don't get over there and start acting brand new. You need to observe and do. Don't, don't, don't go to college. It's because you're in college. Those of you who, who are on the phone listening in, uh, sleep in on Sunday instead of going to church. When you go to church every Sunday when you're at home, college students, don't forget you're supposed to go to Bible study or have some uh, midweek Bible study. Don't forget that's because you're at college. You better what? Observe to do. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So, 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 so uh, uh, the, the Lord was looking for one thing out of his people. He asked, at this point, he's asked for no sacrifice. At this point, he's asked for no burnt offering. He's asked for no blood offering. He's asked for no money. All God wanted at this juncture was obedience. This is going to blow your mind. I know I have some theologians in here. Had the children of Israel been an obedient people, they never would have had to sacrifice. Boo! If they had just done what God said, they never would have had to engage in the sacrificial elements of the Old Testament. 
but they didn't. And so God had to come up with a system to cover their sin. He said, I want you to observe to do. He said, because I want you to live and multiply. God promised this land to their fathers who were now, you know, going on, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, he said, but this is a new generation. They had no connection to how the folks had come through before them. They lost that connection through time. Uh, they, they didn't feel the same passion for freedom and justice like they did during the civil rights era. They lost that passion. They lost that connection because they got two cars now. They got a 401k now. So, so freedom and justice and peace and doing right, the men think because they're they living okay. He said, don't forget that it's God that got you here and you need to, to be reminded so you'll keep doing it. The other thing he said is, I want you to go in and possess the land. I don't want you to just be a, a, a tenant. This, this is not tenancy. I want you to go in and what? Possess, own it. It will be yours. You imagine people who've gone for in 30 years with no possessions of their own. Somebody tell you when to get up and when to go to bed, what to eat, when to eat. And he said, now you're going to be people, but I want you to possess it. I want you all to understand, with possession comes responsibility. Everybody who wants to, you know, sometimes people are going to run out and they want to buy a house, and that's great. But please understand, you got insurance. Amen. You got taxes. Amen. You got maintenance. You got to get, keep the grass cut. You got to keep the windows changed. Once every 10 years, you're going to have to get a new furnace. You're going to have to get a new air conditioner. You got to get your root check. You just can't buy the house and lay in the middle of the floor. And thank you, Jesus, it comes with what? Responsibility. He said, I want you to possess it. They got to the new land. You, you know this story. And they, they, were, they were possessors, but they were not responsible. Has to be reminded. Let's watch this now. He says, and thou shalt remember... All the way which the Lord thy God led these, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, oh my God, what to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Now we get an explanation. Why would you have us out here, Lord, for 40 years? Watching people die over term, time. Why? He said, it's very simple. He says, this tuition you had to pay was so you could be tested because this is like a school. It takes you 40 years to get this degree. It took Moses 40 years to get his degree. Remember, he ran from Egypt. He was a fugitive from justice. He was there 40 years. God then called him to the ministry. He was a shepherd, doing well, had a good government job, working for his father-in-law. He was straight. No worries, no problems, preaching to the sheep. God said, I was training you because you got an anger management issue, which he kept till he died. Uh, <laughs> uh, he said, but I need you to lead other people now. You know how to lead sheep. Now I want you to lead my people. Forty years. That's normally a generational term. The whole generation had to die. Where they... They, they were taught like, you know, Moses taught them, Aaron, Miriam. But now it was time to remember that, what they had been taught, because they were entering into their inheritance. They had to be reminded of the discipline they had experienced, which God had taken to train him for himself. You have to be disciplined in order to see progress. 
Uh, they walked around the same area 40 years. It was only 11 miles to where they were going. They walked around 11, 40 years in the same spot. 11 miles. Woo, where are we going to get here? When you start acting right. When all these naysayers, I got to get rid of all the taters in the group. I got to get rid of the agitators. I got to get rid of the spectators. I got to get rid of the, 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 the instigators. When I get rid of all these taters, then I can take you into the promised land. He said, because I, I wanted to, 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 to humble you. Uh, uh, I, I want you to, 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 to know that I'm God, that when you get over here, it was me that did it. Because you might think if I keep some of these other people around, you might think they were the leaders. You might think that you got here because of them. He says, because of me. Then he said, uh, I want to prove or test you like, like having my brother Job. I, I, I don't mind testing people who I know are going to pass the test. When the teacher hands out the exam at the end of the quarter, the end of the semester, the, 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 the teacher has an expectation that everybody will get an A because the material has been taught. It's rare that a teacher puts something on the test that the teacher hasn't taught in the class. That's rare, right? And so the expectation is everybody's got the same material. Everybody ought to make an A. Everybody make an A. Why? Some people don't put the time in to study the material provided. Some people aren't serious about their study. And some people don't care what grade they get. Look around your church. Look around your family. All kind of students like that in your family. Some people want to excel. Some people are happy to be a C student. Some people, they can get them a D, give them an F, give them an F minus. They don't care. He said, we, we can't do that. He said, I, I had to, I had to, y'all need to be trained up because there's going to come a time when you're going to need this discipline because some other tests are coming in the promised land. You're not going to just get to get over there and cross your legs and drink sweet tea on the porch. They still got porches? Yeah. He, he said, this, that tests are coming and you got to have some, 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 some background and some backbone. He said, uh, I tested you just as your parents were tested by the trees of the garden to see whether they would keep his commandments or not. Now, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They had an open book test, they failed. God said, I'm gonna give you a test, or I'm gonna give you the answer to the test. All right, here's a test. The tree in the midst of the garden is for life. You can have any tree in the garden, not that one. Let me go over that again. The tree in the midst of the garden Life forevermore. You can eat all the other trees. Don't eat that one. Now I'm going to go out of the room while y'all take the test. I'm not going to leave a proctor. I'm just going to go out of the room. Y'all take the test. Everybody ready? Pencils down. All right, I'm leaving the room. Take the test. God gone for three minutes. We ain't got but two students. And both cheat. Adam cheats and Eve cheats off his paper. Right? Both people get an F. Right? And lie about it. God shows up and says, I don't understand these papers. How both of y'all get an F? Adam said, That girl you gave me, Eve said, It was the devil. Testing, testing is not designed for you to fail. Listen, people of God, because this is going to bless you. Here's how you know the difference between what is a test of God. 
God's tests are designed for you to pass. Only Satan's tests are designed for you to fail. God never gives you a test you can't pass. That ain't God. James said, don't say when you're tested that you're tested of God by evil because God doesn't test any man with evil. So quit telling people when you go through sickness and disease, well, God put this on me. So No, 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 no. God only tests you where he knows you can pass. And, and test you for, so you'll be an example to others. Let's go a little further. We got a lot to cover. Y'all slowing me up. Verse 3. This verse says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. Watch this. And fed thee with manna. Watch the sequence. Which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, or only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Now, I may, I may drop anchor here, and I may not be able to get out of this verse, but I'm, if I don't, some of y'all throw a shoe at me or something, because there's so much in this verse. Okay. <clears throat> he says, uh, uh, you, you, you're being fed out here with manna. I, I gave you sustenance and it wasn't something that you had anything to do with. Why is it so incredible that God fed them with manna, which is a bread-like substance? Watch this. So, uh, anytime God is going to bless you uh, anytime God is going to do something unusual and great in your life, uh, I like to say it like this. God basically has to break the law. So I have you here. So God breaks the law of physics when he walks on water. He breaks the law of biology by being born through a virgin. He breaks the law of thermodynamics by ascending into heaven without any kind of natural propulsion. He breaks the law of mathematics, multiplication, and division when it takes two fish, five loaves of bread, and feeds 5,000. Whenever he wants to get something to you, he has to break the law. Breaks the law of pharmacy when he puts medicine in the hem of his garment, not at CVS. What I'm trying to get you to understand is don't look for God's blessing in natural circumstances. God will break the law to bless you. Break that down a little more, elsewhere. Okay. If somebody gets sick in here right now, God forbid, Miss Gracie calls 911 and the ambulance is coming. When the ambulance gets to the red light, what do they do? They don't stop. Why? Because they're coming to see about you. See that God, God no, no, no stop sign, no, 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 no traffic light, no yield sign, no other traffic can stop. He got to break the law. It's, it's against the law to run a traffic light unless you are in an emergency vehicle. It is against the law for you to get blessed based on how you grew up, based on the money you have, based on what you know. But when God is coming to see about you, he'll break the law to get you what you need. Preach well. I'm sorry. This Sunday school, this ain't preaching. I mean, Sunday school, y'all quit doing that kind of stuff. I don't know Okay. He said, ah, this manna, this, 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 what is it in the Greek? Bread goes through a process. 
You, you can't get bread like you get fruit, Pastor Robert. You want to eat fruit, you go to the tree, you pull the fruit, you eat the fruit, not bread. Bread has to go through a process. You got to get the raw substance, wheat, flour. You've got to knead it. You've got to add something to it to make it rise or not rise. Manna, God was trying to tell them, I don't need any substance to give you substance. See, I didn't need a man to make a man. I took dirt and made a man. <laughs> then I took man and made woman. Then I took man and woman and made all men. Don't tell me about cloning. If you're going to do cloning, get your own dirt. Don't start with a man and get it to a man. That's easy. God said, I had to break the law to get bread to y'all because there are no ovens in the desert. You can't make bre bread. You have to have, uh, have an oven unless you got yeast. In a natural bread. They had no yeast in the, in the desert. God said, this manna I'm giving you, uh, I had to break all the laws of physics, all the laws of nature because I need to bless my people. When they were in desperate circumstances, I had to get something that only I can make. Then you see Jesus in this because Jesus is the bread of life. Amen. He is that manna which came down from heaven. None like him. There'll never be another Jesus. Uh, listen, I don't care who gets on TBN and acts like they're Jesus. There will never be another Jesus. He's from the Father, of the Father, for us. This manna is is, 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 is both uh, 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 natural and unnatural. The, the lovely thing I found about the manna as I was studying this is that the manna uh, never touched the ground. The manna rested on the dew of the grass. God is so sweet. When he's feeding you, he don't even want anything dirty to get on his blessing. They're in the desert. They don't have a table. They don't have a plate. God let the manna rest on the dew till they gathered it. God, God is so awesome in his ability to bless you where you don't think he can see you. That's what blows your mind. Uh, we, we get stuff sometimes and we get, so, it's so, we get so used to it. We don't even say thank you. Uh, th those of us who still get a paycheck, you know, they, they wired into your account. Used to be years ago, they give you a check and you run down to the bank. Put it in there and stand there hope they take it. Right? Now, at 1201, on the 15th and 30th, your money goes right into your account. That's the miracle of God. You don't have to worry about whether your boss is broken or not because you'll know at 1202. Right? Because some of y'all, well, not, not at Hopewell, but at other churches, y'all check that thing, don't you? Yeah, I do. Because I appreciate what God is doing. Folk are obligated to pay you. They're supposed to pay you. But I know some people who were waiting on checks and they never came. And, and got lied to and said, we sent the wire. You didn't get it. You know doggone well I didn't get it. But watch how God does. So God says, but, but people of God, I don't need outside natural forces to bless you. I don't need you to, to worry about somebody who's treating you badly to bless you. I don't need you to be scared of your boss 
your supervisor, your straw boss. I can bless you despite of anything, any scheme, any device they come up with. I can bless you. God blessed Adam and Eve in the devil's face because the devil thought he had done something great. You know, he said, God's not going to kill y'all. And God let the devil have to watch Adam and Eve live into their 900s while he stood by. He thought they were going to drop dead and that would be it. But because of, because of Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelium, where God said the seed of the woman going to bruise your head, he had to let them live. And I don't want, devil, I want you to stand here and watch as I make them produce other people. Even if you kill Adam and Eve, I had some other people, and they're coming behind them, and one of the people coming behind them is named Jesus the Christ. This God made bread is great. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I want to tell y'all something. I know some of you all in here have been to some of the finest restaurants in Atlanta. Right, those, those, those high-class French restaurants, Red Lobster. You know, those, I know you've been... But I'm telling you, the best meal you will ever eat is the Lord's Supper. Amen. The best food you will ever put in your mouth is the Lord's Supper. Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. That bread. That, sim that symbolic bread, that's Jesus. That's Jesus in Deuteronomy. He's in every book of the Bible, but Jesus is that manna that came down. He, and then he said to himself, he said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. The last thing he did, the last thing he shared with his disciples before he left was the bread. And notice this, because you'll, you'll see this in your own lives, and I'm, I'm moving on. I have to, I'm going to have to summarize the rest of this. But even when God breaks you, see, even when he breaks you, do you notice something? Even when he breaks you, you're still in his hand. See, even though you get broken sometimes, as long as you're in his hand, you're still blessed. Because he can take broken pieces and put them back together again. You can't even see where I was broken. There's some people in here who are broken, who are marred, you can't see it. You can't see the scar. You know why? Because God, when he stitches, he leaves no scar. He leaves no keloid. You can't tell what I've been through because God knows how to put me back together perfectly. Let's go another further. Their raiment waxed not old upon thee. Neither did thy foot swell. Thank you, Jesus. These 40 years, as <laughs> these people, these people were out here singing this, that song, these boots are made for walking. And that's just what I'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all How you, how you going to go 40 years and your clothes don't get old and your shoes don't wear out and your feet don't grow? Some of these people, when they started, were children. Children's shoes aren't the same. You can't put a child's shoe on them big 14 feet like, like I got it. And, 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 but God is so miraculous. He just moves. Listen, y'all. God, 
does not have to go outside your circumstances to bless you in your circumstances. God can come in where you are and bless. Don't be so anxious all the time. I got to move. I got to get a better house. Sometimes God can. Y'all watch that show that I'm forced to watch on, 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 on uh, HDTV where they go in and they can take an old house. and fit. Y'all so anxious to move. And sometimes God can come in and say, let's just move a wall and rearrange. And sometimes God can take what you've got and make it work. Your raiment didn't wear out. The fuse didn't get old. He said, thou shalt also consider in thine heart uh, why I did this. He said, because uh, 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 the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Now watch this, because we don't like this. Uh, we don't want to be chastised of the Lord. When God is chastening you, though, his rod of discipline is not designed to injure. It's designed to get you back in line. Uh, uh, the, those of you who've been in the military, I haven't, but those of you who've been in the military know that when you go on marches, the drill sergeant is not trying to make you drop dead. He is drilling you so that, so that, in, so that in battle, that drilling becomes second nature. There's a reason why football, basketball, baseball, they spend more time practicing than they do playing. What you learn in practice is what to do under stress in the game. You can't practice doing the game. The game's going on. You got to know when you step on the court what you're supposed to do. When there's one second left on the clock, two seconds left on the clock, you got to know what you're supposed to do. In life, when things come at you, you don't have time to be trained because some stuff is quick. You got to make a decision. Some stuff is fast. Some stuff is, before you can blink your eye, it's some change. We, we were sitting around uh, the other morning and got a text from, from our sister-in-law that says, your brother-in-law's been shot. He was in a gunfight. You, you don't have time then to say, now, what do I pray? How do I? You got to start praying and, going, and speaking in tongues right then. I'm not saying that's going he, to, he's fine, just so y'all know. But I'm just saying, you, you can't be trying to figure out, let me go to the Bible and look up a verse on here. No, you got to have that down in you like Jesus did. When Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to him, Jesus didn't say, hold on, let me get my Bible. He knew. He said, you, I don't have to turn these stones to bread. Man shall not live by bread alone. He was quoting Deuteronomy 8. So he said, I, I want to chasten you. I'm testing you to make you better in a crisis. I'm testing you so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. I'm testing you so that when the enemy comes, you will know the answer to the test. I went to a, to a segregated school, and they used to put the answers in the back of the book. You, you did your little math, and you checked your answer. And somebody got smart and realized, you know what? They're not doing their work. Going, some of them are going to the back of the book and putting the answers in. And so then they start putting the answer in every other question. And, then, and for the odd answers, and then the teacher would give you the even questions. This is my point. When you've been taught, and you listened, and you took in what you were taught, you become a better student. You don't have to cheat. You don't need the answers. You just do what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. Some of you all, some of us, God has given us, has invested so much in us 
Sunday school, Bible study, preaching. You are some of the best students God has. What we don't do is we don't let people know that we know. When people call you with crisis and things, your first response ought to be, well, let's pray. Before we start worrying about going into the world to figure it out, let's see what God has to say. Because I've been tested. I know some people who've been tested in the same area as you. And here's the answer. Now watch this. He says, therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments. What a minute, commandment. Back in one step, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 this, this discipline, uh, Moses says, I want you all to consider in your heart. That is, you must recognize that from your own experience, God has corrected you with fatherly love. Now watch how God, watch the grace of God in Deuteronomy. These people um, disobeyed God, and God pronounced a sentence of death. That you all got to die out. Normally you don't see grace in death. But I want to show you grace in death. You with me? They sinned, Pastor Love, and the sentence was death. But God let them die through natural causes. Look at that grace. They were able to live out their lives, meet their children, meet their grandchildren, and then die. Now he... Back at Mount Sinai, he opened up the earth and swallowed up 3,000. Right. Right? right? Not this time. Even in your disobedience, God shows you grace. You messed up. I know you messed up. You know you messed up. God knows you messed up. But the grace of God, the blood of Jesus, is such that even in your sin, God extends you grace. That's shouting material. Because if God judged you according to your works, we all would have punched the clock a long time ago. But his love and mercy is such that even though these people were in complete disobedience, God let them live like he did Adam and Eve. Oh, we, we know, I know what's, how it's going to end, but I wouldn't dare Snatch life from you. I'm going to let you enjoy your life. That's such a beautiful picture of grace. Now go to um, um, verse 7. This verse says, For or because the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and dips, that spring out of valley and hills. He says, now watch this, y'all. I want you to see the contrast. The promised land is a land with a lot of water, brooks, fountains, and springs. Egypt is in the desert. It's hot. They got to pump water in. They've got the Nile running through the middle of it, but there are no springs in Egypt. Watch how God does it. Remember what they wanted to go back to. They said, we'd rather be back in Egypt. God had to remind them, no, 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 no. You don't want to go back to where there was not enough. You're standing here with, 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 with less than enough. I'm taking you where there's more than enough. Don't go backwards, y'all. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that through your mask. Don't go backwards. You, God, God, that, 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 that's good for you in the new land. God says, it's got all kinds of, look, look at this, verse 8-8. Eight, eight. 
a land of wheat and barley. Wait, stop right there. What do you make out of wheat? So when you get to the new land, you don't even have to worry about manna falling out of heaven. I'm going to give you a provision. You'll never run out of bread again. It's got wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. He said, in Canaan, everything you want is there. Everything you need is there because I've made provision. God, in his discipline, had already prepared the land for the people. But he had to go through 40 years to prepare the people for the land. When you're going through, sometimes it's not because God is angry with you or trying to burden you, but he's trying to prepare you for your next blessing. When you learn how to live within your means, when God increases your means, you know how to live better. Excuse me, watch this. He said, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. That's verse 9. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Verse 11. Beware that lest thou forget, not, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgment and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Moses said, when you get there, when we get over here, don't forget. Don't get so high-minded and sedity that you, that you forget. That's why we say grace before meals and why we say thank you after meals because, God, we thank you. Listen, even James Weldon Johnson in Lift Every Voice and Sing, the last stanza, he reminds us that. Here's what he said. God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we, 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 we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee, lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee. Don't ever forget to tell God, thank you for how he brought you out of darkness into the marvelous light. If you don't know how to say any kind of prayer, you know how to say thank you. Old folks say, you know how to say much obliged. Thank God for the wilderness experience because now I can truly appreciate being in the promised land. Be blessed. See you next week.